Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In Ephesians 4.11, the Apostle Paul outlines what's frequently referred to as the fivefold ministry. And he lists five ministerial offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, in the modern church, we're very familiar with the position of pastor. And many churches make out uh, room for the office of a teacher. And many groups, including the United Pentecostal Church, officially recognize the office of the evangelist. However, we don't hear as much today about apostles and prophets. Why is this? And do you believe that apostles and prophets are operating in the church today? Yes, I do believe the fivefold ministry exists in the church today. And for background, I would refer you to my book, Spiritual Leadership in the 21st Century. Also, the UPCI in its manual, which is distributed to ministers, has a position paper on church government, which briefly uh, mentions the fivefold ministry. So let's talk about it a little bit more. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, these ministries are God's gift to the church. So yes, I do believe they exist. And they are ministerial positions or offices or callings uh, that are designed to equip the saints, that is the believers, uh, for the work of ministry or service for the building up of the body of Christ. So to put this in perspective, God gives these leaders, and so I would say their job collectively, they are the preachers, teachers, leaders of the church. These are the people to whom the UPCI would give ministerial credentials. So these um, preachers slash teachers slash leaders train the whole body of believers, the saints. And that enables the whole body, when all the saints are working together, then the body of Christ is built up. So from that perspective, I do believe in the fivefold ministry. As you've mentioned, it's very common for us to identify someone as a pastor, as a teacher, or as an evangelist. And so let me focus on those. The pastor, which there, I do believe every local church has a senior leader that we would call the pastor. Sometimes you'd say the senior pastor, lead pastor in the New Testament. Um, the word pastor uh, is, is used in the plural, and it's also used equivalently with the word elders and also equivalently with the word bishops. Uh, bishop means overseer. Pastor means shepherd. So I think there are two different ways of describing the same office. Bishop is referring to the role of oversight uh, or the authority that's involved, and pastor is referring to the function of feeding the flock, taking care of the flock, protecting the flock. And so that speaks of the responsibility. Um, and I might just make an aside. Sometimes we use the term bishop for for other types of leaders, leaders of leaders. But I'm just speaking in the New Testament. If you want to look at Acts chapter 20, uh, if you look at 1 um, Peter chapter uh, 5, then uh, you will see also Titus chapter 1. You will see that the titles of elder and bishop and pastor are used interchangeably. 
And so my point simply there is we understand this would be the senior leader and others uh, who assist like a leadership team of pastors, or maybe the collective in the New Testament, there were usually uh, small house churches. They didn't have one central place to assemble in most cases. And so we would look at the pastors of a city as the the leadership team of that local church, or maybe the collective um, group of house church pastors, and then teachers, and often that can overlap because typically a pastor is also a teacher, but some people have a teaching ministry even though they're not in a pastoral position. Then evangelist, uh, we often use that for itinerant preacher, but actually it means someone whose ministry focuses on the lost. So it could be what we think of as a preacher who comes and preaches, and many people repent and receive the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it could even refer more to a soul winner who's a, a proficient Bible study teacher and and wins souls that way. Somebody that's operating uh, in the local church. Yes, yeah, someone who's operating in the local church. So those three are, are fairly easy to understand. Apostle and prophet, we don't often just go out and label someone, and we usually don't... Um, respond very well if someone self-labels. And the reason is throughout church history, and even in the New Testament, we find many false apostles and false prophets where people will claim these as titles of authority to go in and try to take over a local church or go against the pastor of that church. And so let me simply say, whatever an apostle or a prophet is, it's not designed to usurp church government. So in the local church, we have a structure of government and authority, which would include the pastor and other senior leaders, deacons, and so forth. And in the body at large, the group of collective churches, as in Acts 15, there was a council at Jerusalem of apostles and elders that made decisions for the larger body and sent letters to all the churches to follow. So there is a church government structure beyond the local church. So whatever an apostle or prophet may be, it doesn't grant authority to um, overturn the church governance of a local church or the church governance of the body at large. But if you just look at the words, apostle means someone who is sent, someone with a commission. Of course, the 12 apostles that Jesus chose are unique because they were eyewitnesses uh, of Jesus Christ and his ministry. He used them to establish the church. So no one can, can have that role today. Uh, no one can write scripture. No one can establish the universal church. That's already been done. And that's why the book of Revelation talks about the new Jerusalem. It has 12 foundations, which are the 12, the names of the 12 apostles. So obviously there can be no other. And you even see this while um, the early church did replace Judas, but after the day of Pentecost, they didn't replace any other. So when the apostle James was executed in Acts 12, they didn't replace him. Uh, so in that sense, the 12 apostles are irreplaceable. Now, the apostle Paul was specially chosen out of due season as apostle to the Gentiles. So he he's equal to the 12, uh, but no one can take their place. However, in the New Testament, other people are also given the title of apostles, such as Silas, uh, Barnabas, um, Apollos, um, James, the brother of the Lord, not one of the 12 but the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And so the uh, Andronicus and Junia, uh, male and female, Acts 16, apparently a husband and wife team. So in what sense are all these other people apostles? Well, I think 
they're specially sent uh, by God for a purpose. Typically, we might think of them as a pioneer missionary opening up a new area of the gospel or uh, a key uh, ethnic or regional leader. So the book of Galatians chapter 2 talks about Peter the apostle to the Jews, Paul the apostle to the Gentiles, and then James, again, not one of the 12, but the brother of Jesus as the leader in Jerusalem. And so those were all considered apostles. So it seems that apostle is designated for those key leaders who open up regions or ethnicities to the gospel. So do those exist today? Certainly. Uh, do we recognize them? Yes. We, we might usually call them missionary or leader, uh, simply because we don't want the confusion of claiming an authority that's not proper. Now, the term prophet literally means a spokesman for God. So in one sense, every preacher would be a prophet. But there are some who seem to have this special office or calling of a prophet where they're preachers to the preachers or they give direction to the church. Now, we often think of prophecy as foretelling the future, and that sometimes that's part of it. But more generally, prophecy is not about foretelling the future, but it's about giving direction. And we do find in the book of Acts prophets. So some prophets uh, prophesied that a family would come to Jerusalem, and so they gave guidance and warning to the church of how to prepare, what to do. So do those types of ministries exist? Yes. So we think of them as preachers to the preachers, uh, leaders of the leaders. But we don't necessarily use the titles, again, because we're not trying to imply something non-biblical, which has arisen over the centuries. And as I said, even in the New Testament, like the book of Revelation, they're false apostles, false prophets. So this is not a new thing. Some people claiming to be apostles and prophets, and they're really not. And so rather than uh, trying, having to define the term every time, um, we simply recognize leaders and use them and, uh, you know, they exercise their ministry. And I think as we talk about this more and more, we will become more and more accustomed to using these terms. But again, we'd be re reluctant for someone who self-proclaims uh, that uh, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, because we question what do they mean and what kind of authority are they trying to uh, exert, which they don't have, because really authority can only be, be given by God and recognized by the church. Um, and the collective body of believers. And we do have structures for how we recognize leadership and how we select leadership in the local church and in the body at large. To summarize, we do believe in the fivefold ministry. But a, a mature understanding of this, the various leaders and preachers work together as a team. So rather than trying to focus on each person uh, there can be overlap. There can be change over time. The main thing is for each minister to fulfill the calling that God has given and for the church to recognize the calling. So in Acts 13, when Paul and Barnabas were sent out as missionaries, so we could say they were sent out as apostles, there was a witness of the Holy Spirit it said, the Holy Spirit said. So there apparently some kind of, whether it was tongues or prophecy or uh, tongues interpretation or some other means, there was a supernatural impartation and calling, but the church recognized it and the church laid hands on them and the church sent them out. So whatever calling someone has, even if God has given it, it needs to be 
jointly recognized and endorsed by God and the church. That provides a safeguard when ministers are sent by God and the church. And that's why I believe every person that feels some kind of ministerial calling, those five, that five-fold ministry collectively, they should work to get ministerial credentials with the UPCI. And we, we have a system of local, general, and ordination. If they feel called to the preaching, teaching, leadership ministry, they should get local license, then general, and they should not stop until they get ordination because ordination, it's more than an organizational thing. It's more than checking a box. It's a spiritual thing where they fulfill the ministry and they have the endorsement of the elders according to the teaching of Scripture. And so I believe that's the key, that whatever ministry God has given, it must be recognized by the church and it must work in harmony with the other ministers and with the church governance structure so that the goal, the end goal, Ephesians 4.12, is that the body of Christ might be built up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.